I tend to try and look for a theme, a musical theme that captures the whole essence of the picture. The, that smells, it, it, it smells like it, it, it couldn't be played away from the picture. It, it's to do with the personality, it's to do with the story, it's to do with the physicality of the movie. And I like to try and try and come up with that theme that, that, that captures all those elements in some strange way. So that finally when you see it against picture, you can't remove it and you just say, God, that, that belongs there like it doesn't belong anywhere else. And I think it, it's how well you do that that really matters because you can then take that theme and put it against another movie, which sometimes they do with uh, what we call temp tracks, where a director will like a score you've done for a movie and he'll say, I'd, I'd, I'd like something like you did, say, for Body Heat. I remember when I did Jagged Edge, Richard Marquand said, I think Body Heat's going to work, something like that. And then he played it against Jagged Edge and it didn't work at all. And he said that was a great compliment to me in that it was so tailor-made, once you see it against picture, that you, you couldn't pull it away and put it against something else. It just doesn't work that way. Um, I think when you can create that kind of glue, if you like, with a theme and the subject matter, I think that's when you're really succeeding. The deeply sensual music of John Barry has a unique and special quality filled with lush textures and sumptuous harmonies that always stood miles apart from his peers. He didn't conform to demanding Hollywood executives or compromise his craft. John Barry remained true to himself and was the consummate musician, arranger, conductor, orchestrator and composer. We at Filmscore Monthly Online thought the best way to show tribute and to honor Mr. Barry is to chat with the musicians that worked so closely with him. And not just any musicians. Obviously, there were hundreds during his lifetime. There are three pivotal performers that form a key part of John Barry's career timeline. The first of which is Derek Watkins, the screaming trumpeter for the James Bond movies during the early UK session days. Secondly, Jim Thatcher, who has been Hollywood's leading French horn player since the 1980s, and he forms John Barry's middle career timeline, chatting about those Oscar-winning gems, Out of Africa and Dances with Wolves. Then, completing our timeline journey is the first violin and leader of Ireland's National Symphony Orchestra, Alan Smale, one of the last musicians to be on stage with John Barry and give life and love to his music. So first, let's hear from the man responsible for those iconic trumpet blasts that graced the James Bond movies, Derek Watkins. Your career, when you look back, is pretty incredible. I mean, 
you actually worked with John Barry on, on Goldfinger when you were just 19 years of age, which is quite an achievement. I mean, there's some wonderful, is it Screamers they were called, wasn't it? That's right, yes, exactly. <laughs> but I did, I did, my first introduction uh, with John, actually, I, I did actually just do one session on Dr. No, um, just one three-hour session of that somebody, one of the other trumpet players could make it. So I've actually qualified for... I think it's 22 Bond films now, actually. Because, of course, you're still working today now with David Arnold, don't you? That's right, yes. I mean, the, the last the last Bond film we completed, um, I think a couple of years back, was Quantum of Solace, I believe, was the last one. And uh, w- there is another one in the pipeline, which we're all looking forward to with uh, bated breath. But um, David, of course, is, is a great admirer of, of John Barry, who set the ball rolling with, for the Bond films uh, with the exciting... Uh, brass um sort of motifs on it you know but uh yeah i, I suppose i i first became aware of, of john barry when he had the john barry seven i used to, i used to play and um, he was a trumpet player john as you well know i used to play in my uh, my father's band who had a palais band in the top rank ballroom and we used to play um john's hits of the time walk don't run and uh, magnificent seven theme um so i mean john john was brought up Music. I think. I think his mother was um, a classical pianist, and mm. his um, father had a chain of uh, cinemas. I think so. John, I think, v- visited the cinemas quite often, and was obviously impressed by the films and the music going on in that era. And um, and I think he he quite enjoyed the big bands because his father's uh, cinemas were, were frequented by. The big bands of, of the day then, in the in the uh, sort of like late 50s, early 60s, the Tad Heath bands and all that. And I think John used to take along his um, arrangements, learning his, cra- his, his trade. And, um, you know, the, in those bands, there were some marvellous players like Don Lusher and Kenny Baker, who, who, of course, he subsequently used on the Bond film. So he was quite at ease with uh, top-class professional musicians, but a very talented guy. But, I mean, in the studio, John was uh, was very quiet, uh, um, very pleasant to work with, but uh, he, he absolutely knew what he wanted. And um, the, the, the main thing, I think, is that um, with his writing, he, he could actually... He had a talent for writing music to fit the film, you know, the setting, to creating the right mood. And... Um, Harmonically, Barry's music was uh, was primarily primarily straightforward, but um, with his major and minors that he used in chromatics, um, it it just seemed to fit the phrases that he wanted to um, uh, emphasise on the screen. His use of brass chords and uh, building to a climax. I mean, it was a natural talent. I don't know where he came from. I mean, films before that would never been scored in such a way and um but as i say a quiet man in the studio but knew exactly what he wanted so whenever you were doing thunderball then were you there that day whenever tom jones fainted (laughs) (laughs) well i I was on i I, I know the story quite well because i was on the road for four years with tom jones when when in in the sort of 70s when we used to do quite long tours in the states and uh, i know um was it um Don Black who'd written the lyrics for that, I can't remember. That's right, it was, yeah. We actually, I think we actually put the track down first and Tom went in and put his put his vocal track on later on so we didn't actually see him pass out or anything that would go red or anything <laughs> like that. But uh, it's quite true, Tom does own up to the fact that he held that last note 
for so long that he had to hold on to the side of the um, vocal booth to stop himself from falling over. But uh, it's thrilling stuff, really thrilling stuff. So he strikes like thunder. But such, such a such a talented um, talented writer. It's quite quite unbelievable how how all that um, wonderful music come, comes out of one person's uh, mind, brain, to sit there and actually do everything like that, all the, you know, it's quite, quite astounding. To be sadly missed, John, and uh, I think every, every professional musician that ever worked with him will remember him fondly and... Uh, at least we have the legacy that we can still hear is wonderful music. James Thatcher's pioneering horn solos have enhanced countless movies and one of his earliest performances was for The Black Hole. Thus followed a special collaboration between the performer and composer during John Barry's many US sessions. Dances with Wolves is, of course, probably one of his most famous scores. Whenever you saw the, the first musical copies of that, you probably thought, wow, this is going to be fantastic. It was fun. We had, uh, we had ten French horns on the date, and it was scored at the uh, MGM, or what we call now Sony, soundstage. And what was interesting there, uh, for the horns, that was a transitional time. We had... Uh, uh, we had new people and we had the uh, older guard from the uh, De Rosa era also in the section. Like I had uh, Richard Parisi uh, playing with me and that was one of his last, uh, uh, last films also. John had, you know, he just had a really good sense of uh, camaraderie, I guess. One I remember we'd, we'd played quite a bit of uh, certain cues and we were, you know, uh, we're getting pretty, pretty tired. and. And he knew it too, and he just looked at me and he said, well, have you got another one in you, old boy? And we all laughed, and of course we do, and then we went again and, and did it. He just, he, was just, uh, he just knew how to make everyone feel really good when he was up there conducting. And of course, you know, it was great to play it because of the, the lushness of the scores and, uh, you know, his orchestrations would just fill the hall. And we just, you know, really, really had a great time. 
That was one of the special things about John Barry, wasn't it? His orchestrations had such beautiful melancholy parts for the horn. Oh, yes. And you know, with the John Barry score, if it was right for the film, uh, it was just absolute magic. I mean, the, the flying scene in uh, Out of Africa, you know, when uh, Robert Redford and... Um, Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep, thank you. <laughs> Uh, when they're flying uh, over the, the train and his score, that that music just made the made the movie there at that point so magical. And the same with Dances with Wolves, the way he he caught the scope of the landscape and uh, put the film over the top. I think. June 2008, Ireland's RTE presenter Aideen O'Gormley invited John Barry to Dublin for a celebratory concert of his music to be co-conducted with Nicholas Dodd. 
This very special evening was to be John Barry's last ever concert performance, and the first violin and leader of Ireland's National Symphony Orchestra, Alan Smale, chats with us now. Yeah, well, it was a huge thrill for all of us in the orchestra to work with John Barry because, I mean, he's an absolute hero of most of us. In fact, I don't think there was a single member of the orchestra who didn't have a couple of John Barry albums in their collection. So to meet one of my all-time heroes and to have the opportunity to work with him was fantastic. And uh, I must say, he was such a gentleman to work with and to meet. Um, exceeded all my expectations. He was, um, he's never forgotten his roots as a band leader, I think. That was my impression. And a top-class session musician, so he's got absolute respect for musicians. He identifies with them and he works with them on an equal footing. Mm. And uh, this was very refreshing because sometimes when people become famous or eminent, they develop this little bubble around themselves and you can't really get close to them. But uh, with John Barry it was completely different from the outset and uh, everybody enjoyed the experience. It was fantastic. I must say, um, to actually do the Bond theme on stage with John Barry in the National Concert Hall was a huge thrill. It was a highlight because it's a little piece of musical history really. It's something that could never happen again. So it's a very precious memory. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. We uh, couldn't let tonight pass without presenting John Barry with, if you like, our own award, just to mark his incredible career in film music. Uh, John, I know you have a shelf full of Oscars, but we're hoping you'll find some room for a little something Irish as well. Thank you so much for being with us in Dublin tonight. I hope you've enjoyed the concert as much as we have. And on behalf of RTE Lyric FM, as a memento of tonight's concert, and uh, as I say, to mark your incredible achievements in film scoring, please accept this from us. Thank you. John Barry, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. It's uh, been an extraordinary evening. I look so much to working with these ladies and gentlemen of the orchestra. They are exceptional. They give every inch of the way and they understand the music. And they're, they're, it's a pleasure to, and an honor to have them uh, play the music. And, uh, I'm sure they all are so thankful and grateful for your warm and warm and wonderful reception. And uh, God bless you all. Thank you very much. Thank you. For me, I'd like to highlight three of my favourite John Barry scores. The Lion in Winter, Dances with Wolves and Chaplin. If Born Free was to impress the Academy Awards music branch, and believe it or not, at the time, the fraternity of film composers actually thought it was a fluke success, then The Lion in Winter subsequently blew them away with another deserved Oscar win. John Barry's years at York Minster studying religious music really shone through, and this score is truly one for the angels.
The genius of John Barry is perhaps best displayed during a particular scene in Dances with Wolves. Obviously, there are many seminal scenes in this film, no less the journey to Fort Sedgwick, the theme for Two Socks, the incredible buffalo hunt, and the longing love theme. But for me, the death of John Dunbar's horse, Cisco, is really worth highlighting. Rather than the scene be overly sentimental by employing major chords, he transposes the John Dunbar theme to minor chords as Cisco is brutally shot dead whilst looked upon by Dunbar himself, exemplifying the decline of his dream slowly crumbling away right before his eyes. Chaplin is such a beautiful score and very underrated in my opinion. There's so much color and varying levels of emotion to revel in. And the film's director, Sir Richard Attenborough, said this during the Moviola documentary. I think John Barry has this extraordinary gift of applying his creative perceptions in isolation to that piece of material. He doesn't say, I wrote this smash hit, I wrote that smash hit, I will use that, I will fall back on that. He comes up with something quite different. And having known John, I think, in fact, being one of the two people who gave him his very first job in movies, I can't remember how many years ago, but certainly 30 years ago, um, I think John is driven in his creative juices by having a challenge which perhaps somebody might have not asked him to do before. The final words are appropriately left to John Barry through his music. I hope you enjoy this tribute montage, a celebration of a man that has joined the stars of great composers in the sky. Mm -hmm.